weather certainly changed, and you can tell the final week of September as fall is in the air as we get you set for another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. I'm Greg Steiner. I'm Kyler Ludlow. Thanks for tuning in for this Monday edition of Jam Packed Show. As always, uh, I'm still on jet fumes for my trip back to <laughs> from California, but a, a good adventure in San Diego. Eagles unable to get the victory, falling in overtime and walk-off fashion. A pair of field goals late proved the difference, but uh, certainly a very good showing for the Eagles in California. But we had plenty of good showings back here at home as well. And the volleyball team took a win on the road at Central Michigan on Thursday and then won the home opener in MAC play against Kent State on Saturday. And the soccer team split, beating Kent State 2-0 to on Friday and then lost to Ohio in a 2-1 decision at Cicluna Field. So it was a very busy weekend back here uh, to get a couple of wins, especially for the volleyball team to go 2-0. and It's the first time they've gone 2-0 and in MAC play since 2010. So a great start to maction for a lot of our other teams. Yeah, really a good showing. Anytime you can have positive outcomes in conference play, it puts other people against the wall. And that's what uh, you, you like to see, uh, especially knowing that the conference tournament will really only be a little over a month away. It's hard to imagine the falls flying past this quickly. Before we know it, the the uh, round balls will be bouncing in the Convocation Center uh, soon enough. I know Rob Murphy and Fred Castro will be uh, ready to get their seasons rolling, and we'll have plenty on that coming up. But you look at, at the Mid-American Conference, really throughout everything, it's been a solid showing football, volleyball, and soccer-wise nationally so far. Yeah, absolutely. And I, everyone focuses on the football teams getting some of these national wins. I think Buffalo put the exclamation mark on that over the weekend by winning uh, so big over another Big Ten school in Rutgers. But volleyball across the board has had great showing. And as we get started, the Mac West seems to be very, very even. It's got really no bottom dweller. And so this weekend will be a big test as the Eagles hit the road for the first time. Speaking of hitting the road, you too can hit the road when you're looking for a ride. Call up Trinity Transportation. They have a vehicle for you. From luxurious motor coaches to cozy sedans, Trinity Transportation is prepared to take you to your next destination. Check out their fleet of vehicles at trinitytransportation.com or call 877-284-4200 to book today. That's Trinity Transportation or 877-284-4200. Trinity Transportation, the official transportation provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics. I'm happy not to be on a bus or an airplane or a hotel for a while because it's finally time for Eastern football to be back at home. I caught up with Coach Creighton uh, to talk about their trip to the left coast as well as getting everybody set for this weekend and a busy weekend it is for that because it's Hall of Fame weekend. Plenty of uh, big names getting set to be enshrined in this year's Hall of Fame class. Of course, everybody looks at Andrew Wellick, but a couple of golfers, some track guys as well, and a really good adventure. If you're able to come out Friday night to the Convocation Center to uh, the Hall of Fame ceremony, it'd be a great thing. And then football on Saturday, uh, as plenty of alums will be back as well for family weekend. And this jam-packed show, uh, I talked with Coach Creighton. And then as well, Chad Bush uh, catches up with LJ Shelton to give you an update on where he's at for the former 11-year Hall of Famer as well. And the coach's corner for this week is back with Kimmy Olsen to kind of talk about her team. And of course, when we recorded earlier today, we didn't know she had a couple of Mac player of the week 
performances uh, to really show off about. Mallory Rajeski and Riley Taylor were the setter of the week collectively, and Alyssa LaFace won her second defensive Mac West Player of the Week award today as well. She's second in the country in digs per set right now uh, across the entire NCAA. So a few more accolades to be mentioned for them. And then we get the opportunity to talk with Ricky Zoom Allen, the new assistant athletic director for marketing, who gives us a preview of what to expect for family weekend. People are probably tired of hearing it from us. So let's really get on with the show and set up our first segment. Our weekly sit-down with the EMU head football coach, Chris Creighton, as we continue here on the EMU Insider Podcast. His team back from three weeks on the road and a homecoming of sort as they get ready to take on NIU at the factory this weekend. The Hall of Fame family affair scheduled for 6 p.m. as NIU comes to town. Coach, a game in San Diego, you come up just short, uh, falling in walk-off fashion to the Aztecs, but a game that you were able to overcome a uh, a deficit take a lead but just a 50 yard field goal to send it to overtime and then an interception maybe helps them a little too much yeah i mean it was a, a definitely a, a disappointing um finish to that game i don't know how else to say it gave him good field position um when we uh when we kicked off um and then when we got the ball back just like we did the end of the first half with Purdue um, ran a play that we thought we could uh, get him with to get things going um, and didn't. And so had to then be really smart about the time remaining and the timeouts left. And then, uh, you know, that took it to overtime. Um, and then they made the play and, and we didn't. So I'll tell you this. I've said this for two years or more. You know, our guys, uh, I, I mean, they do what we ask. Um, they play with heart and passion, great effort. And, you know, nobody's perfect, but they're, they're doing and trying to do exactly what we ask them to do in terms of the technique and the scheme. And, um, our guys are unselfish. Uh, I love our team. We just, we didn't get it done and, and we should have, um, this, this last week. And, uh, so again, we, we don't have any other choice other than to learn from it and to flush it and, um, losing to San Diego state does not have an effect on what our goal is, uh, Either way, and our guys are well aware that you know we're back into to Mac play. We're you know facing an opponent that's picked to win the league. That in my time here, we've we've never beaten. That we've lost to them um, the last two years in in overtime. And a team that has just uh, been the most dominant team in our conference over the last couple decades. Knowing that you've been able to stand toe-for-toe really against some of the upper echelon teams, I mean, San Diego State, a team that was receiving votes, Buffalo now a team receiving votes. I know it's not uh, a moral victory and there's not one on the, on the, the scoreboard, but to know you're right there and just an eyelash away has to, to just drive these guys to want to just make that one extra play, right? Oh yeah, the, the, there's no there's no lack of de, of desire or or want to. You mentioned it. I mean, again, for the last two years, we really there there may be one game that we haven't been in, and so we've got the ability to to compete. Um, but we we have to go through another major breakthrough. Um, we went through one in 2016, and we need to go through another one, and that is from going to be able to compete and play with anybody down to the wire to making plays and consistently playing winning football um, and finishing things off. 
after the long trip, how do you go about trying to make sure your guys get that body clock readjusted uh, back to class? Uh, everybody's tired after a long flight, but how do you mentally and physically try to get those them back to being in Eastern time zone? Yeah, we're we're not going to be tired. You know, a lot of guys probably were able to sleep on the plane, and then we adjusted our schedule some on Sunday, uh, so they had uh, they had an opportunity to sleep some when we got back, and then we did not keep them late um, last night. So guys um, should have had a, a great night's sleep last night. Um, and then need to get another great night's sleep. And so by Tuesday, and I'm not talking about academics, I mean, they need to be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed this morning for that. But by the time that we see them, you know, at 225 on Tuesday, everybody needs to be well-rested and, and ready to go. And we will be. We, we, we attacked this last weekend um, appropriately with how we planned the travel and how we did things. And um, it's a long ways away, but um, we absolutely will be rested up. Turn your attention to NIU. It's family weekend, also Hall of Fame weekend. Tickets still available by calling 734-487-3669. But a chance to get back in your own venue and a chance, as you mentioned, to take on an NIU club that uh, has gotten you each of the last two years in overtime uh, and has a a 10-year streak against this program going on the winning side of things. But uh, a a team that on their own side looks at themselves and thinks they're a better club than what their record indicates uh, with Rod Carey and NIU coming in this weekend. Well, the records are, are irrelevant. You know, you, you, you play the game and the, the record's going to be 1-0 or 0-1 after this week for both, you know, for NIU and, and for us. And, you know, I know that they, they, they probably do that as good as anybody. They, they, you know, they're playing a tough non-conference schedule. Um, they've known that. They've done that in the past. Um, they win their fair share of those games for sure. Uh, but I don't think that affects the morale or the confidence of their program at all. I think they feed off it. And um, But they also know when they're in MAC play, they're one and when Mac play, you know, so they've their whatever their record is, they're one and zero in Mac play, and it, it's an interesting question for people. Would you rather be three and three and one with your one loss being in Mac play and, and three wins and in non-conference play. And I think, you know, part of that would be what's your goal? You know, is your goal your overall record? Is it to go to a bowl game? Is it to, to win the league? And I think anybody who, who would say that they want to win the league, you know, they would take one and three over three and one or whatever it is if they one win is, mm-hmm. is the MAC. So, again, I have no idea how they do it, but I just know that what's happened in the last month is completely irrelevant uh, to them and, and to us in terms of how we prepare and the importance of this game you see a matchup of possibly two of the best defensive ends in the entire country and in their Sutton Smith and your guys is Max Crosby uh, two guys that are both distinctly different in their own ways what do both of them do very well uh, both of them are you know relentless in their pursuit of the ball or and or the quarterback and I think most great players, especially defensive players, share that in common. There's just this relentless motor. And then, you know, to be great, you have to have the ability on top of that, you know, the willingness. And they both have the ability to, to get off blocks, um, to use great technique, to be very difficult to block and, and to get to the ball carrier, to the quarterback. And so, you know, they're made differently, but they're both incredibly effective in, in what they do. And last question before we get you out of here. Right now, your team sits number two in the NCAA FBS rankings at in rent, terms of red zone defense. 16 red zones attempts. <clears throat> Opponents have scored just 
percent of the time. Uh, of course, that's always a, a critical factor when an NAU club hasn't been able to score as effectively as they'd like, only seven touchdowns on the year. But what do you see an advantage uh, or, or for your defense this week? Well, I, I don't know if it's an advantage. I don't know how that applies, you know, to NIU. I just know that coming into the year, um, as good as our defense was last year, our, our red zone defense didn't match sort of the caliber of what we were playing out in the field. And so that is something that we've addressed and will continue to address and try to improve. And most of the time, the things that you focus on, go after, the goals that you set, you know, you're going to see productivity, you're going to see improvement in those areas. And it's certainly the case with our with our red zone defense. We're playing good defense. Coach, best of luck against NIU this weekend. Thanks so much. Eastern Insider Podcast rolls on here on your home for Eastern Athletics. With this weekend being family weekend, we wanted to get a chance to give you guys an update on what exactly is going to be going on at Rynearson Stadium. Sit down with Ricky Zoom Allen, the new assistant athletic director for marketing, and he gives us all the inside details of what's happening this weekend. Now I have the special pleasure of a new guest joining us this week on the Eastern Insider Podcast, Assistant Athletic Director for Marketing, Ricky Zoom Allen, who's in his first year here at EMU. And we've got really our first big weekend. We already had the opener against Monmouth. That seems like an eon ago at this point. Uh, but now the first bit of action here at the factory as Northern Illinois comes to town on Saturday night for six o'clock kick. Uh, maybe most importantly, it's family weekend. So Ricky, what do we have? Uh, what do we have to look forward to? Yeah, it's going to be uh, my first MAC game here. Um, it's going to be a lot going on. We've got our our kids zone that we moved in inside the stadium um, is going to have our inflatables, and we've got a, a live eagle coming out for that. Um, you know, we're going to have a lot a lot of fun stuff going on. We've always got the touchdown terrace, beer garden. Um, there's actually going to be a post game fireworks show uh, this weekend. So um, you know, fans come out to the game, and um, they, after the game, they can just stay in their seats, and we'll have fireworks going off on the other side of the stadium. So kind of a lot of fun stuff going on um you know we're always trying to do more to increase the fan engagement and make it a great experience for eastern fans well now the game starts at six o'clock but the activities start quite a bit before that that's right yeah uh parking lots will open at 3 p.m eagle walk will be at 345 and then gates open 90 minutes before kickoff which will be 430 for this game i know you mentioned some of the activities that'll be going on and those are familiar to people but what new things do the fans have to look forward to yeah so any students that come out we've got our new student tailgate area um they're probably used to that being out in the parking lot we've moved it into the stadium we've got that area on the northwest corner of the track available so that's that's uh, an area just for Eastern students. Um, we've got free food, some tailgate games. We're actually going to have a mechanical bull down there this week. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, anything we can do to try and get students in and more engaged and have fun at the games. On this weekend, the only real home event is football, but there are other events kind of down the pipeline course in Brian Stadium itself but also in some of the other sports yeah that's right we're, we're gearing up for getting ready for basketball season and then uh, on October 6th on the Saturday uh, the volleyball team will take on Western a kind of a you know Michigan rivalry game there so we're gonna have t-shirts to give away and kind of big beat Western theme that we're ha- gonna have going on all week 
Are there any big plans for homecoming weekend? Yeah, so homecoming uh, at the end of October, um, you know, we'll have the big pep rally on campus, a lot of uh, campus activities going on, um, but then uh, we'll have a lot of stuff going on in-game with it being against Army and homecoming and everything, um, homecoming court at halftime and, and all of that. But um, we're actually working on trying to get a flyover with um, some ROTC. We're working with ROTC to make that happen for the game. Now, the big question is, do you have enough fireworks for a touchdown scored just in case? That's right. Yeah, yeah we, we ran out at the, uh, the last game. I think we had enough for seven touchdowns, and we that eighth one, we didn't quite have enough fireworks. But, um, yeah, we've got uh, plenty of fireworks in store. We're going to be ready to go. We've got a lot of stuff going on, so it's going to be good. Well, Ricky, you're a busy man. Thanks for taking the time to sit down with us. You got it. Thanks, Kyler. Another week down, another great week for Eastern Michigan Volleyball. They go 2-0 and to kick off MAC play, and I get a chance to sit down with head coach Kimmy Olsen. Sitting down for another week of the Coach's Corner with Kimmy Olson, head volleyball coach at Eastern Michigan. Coach, 2-0 and to start MAC play the first time since 2010 that the squad's been able to say that, uh, winning at Central Michigan last Thursday, then winning here at home against Kent State on Saturday. That Central match, always a tough one. It's a, a rivalry game, uh, but to come away three sets to one right off the shoot uh, was a really good start. Yeah, any road win is a good win. And uh, I think we had some momentum, just an excitement going into opening MAC play and traveling up to up to Central. Our, our girls are pretty fired up to play um, against them. And we always joke that it's a fun match because it seems like we're all recruiting the same kids. But um, I got to give uh, all the credit to our defense that really came in and played a great match. Well, that was a, such a strange match. Dropped the first set, 25-23, but trailing 24-18, then forcing Central to use both of their timeouts down the stretch and still losing. How did that momentum kind of build into the rest of the match? Um, well, we played a pretty good first game. We just we just let them do do a few things better than us. I think our blocking is really um, what usually wins our games for us, but it was something that held us back in the first. And when the pressure was on us, we performed. So I felt like we went into the second game really like we were we were rolling and we were ready to go in the second. Of that block differential in the first set compared to the rest, just one block total after the first set and then six and a half after the second. So the defense stepped up. Um, you said it, 35 digs from Alyssa LaFace in that four-set match. Just incredible. The senior libero has really stepped up her game. Yeah, I am so proud of Alyssa and how far she's come. Um, something that we did, especially against um, Central, is that they were hitting a lot of balls at our setter. So we made a couple a couple changes defensively, moved people in positions that they weren't as comfortable in. But the fact of the matter is, like they played it and they played it well. So Liz can play any defensive position. I've got people that can come off the bench and do what they needed to do, and and that is the reason that we were able to play so free that match. When you said mentioned the setters, 57 assists between your your starting setters in the 6-2 system. Mallory Rajeski had 31, Riley Taylor 26. Um, seemed to really put themselves on another level this weekend, averaging over 13 assists per set uh, over the course of the weekend. How important has it been for the setters to step up? 
Yeah, you know, some people really don't love the 6-2 because it does take a, a special groove with two different setters and uh, a special rhythm. And I got to give, you know, Riley a bunch of credit because she's come a really long way uh, in just finding the right set for the right people, understanding the flow of the game. And then there's Mal, who's just been a rock, and she's been so consistent, and she can do anything that we ask her to do. But, you know, we passed well, and we defended more balls than anybody else did this weekend, which gave us an opportunity to swing, and our, our hitters took care of business. On the first game against Central, finished the match with 12 blocks, out blocking Central 12 to 9. Uh, Cassie Hout had eight of those, or eight total blocks, I should say, for that match, uh, and then came back on Saturday and had another impressive blocking performance. Uh, we've talked about her versatility before. We've talked about how she played multiple spots last year, uh, but now seems to really be settling into the blocker part of that middle blocker role. Yeah, we lost both starting middles last year, but we weren't really as concerned as maybe everybody else was. We knew that April and Cassie would step up uh, when it was their time to step up, and and they have. Cassie can hit any position. She can block any position, and right now she is taking hold of that middle position, proving to be one of the best middles in the conference. And, you know, our blocking really hasn't skipped a beat. Uh, we are top in the conference right now in blocking. And what's also so special is that we're, we're second in digs. So defensively, I think we're absolutely the best team in the MAC right now. And, and it's anchored by, by Cassie at the net. Well, then you look at Saturday's match against Kent State, a sweep here at the Convocation Center. An all-around performance. No single player in double-digit kills. Uh, end up winning the blocks 9-1. to one. What is it like as a coach to have that kind of just all-around performance uh, when you, sure, you can highlight some players' performances, but overall it's so even? Yeah, those are my favorite kind of matches. That's the way that we train every single day is an unselfish mentality the team first rather than me um, individual awards are great for your team but honestly my favorite thing is to have a spread and have everybody that can score for you and I really felt that this weekend um, for, from freshmen stepping up in huge moments to seniors anchoring what we do here uh, that's the that's the best way to play in my mind well and one of the key people from this past weekend who doesn't really show up in the stat sheet much at all was Camille Schomer. You mentioned her, especially on Thursday at Central Michigan, five digs. But when you talk about being able to go to the bench and rely on somebody, Cam has been on another level. Yeah, Camille's ready to come in and do her job. She doesn't get as many opportunities when we're in the 6-2, and that's where we've had a lot of success right now. But, you know, it doesn't need to be seen on the stat sheet. Cam's a stud. She's ready to fight for that libero spot. She can serve-receive. Her second ball setting is what really was a difference maker um, when they put balls on our setters. And, uh, yeah, she's she's ready for any opportunity that she can take. Well, 2-0 start to the MAC play. Now going to Ball State Friday and then playing Toledo on Saturday. We know Ball State always at the top of the Mac West. They started their first weekend one and one. Toledo, right along with us last year, they were one of the teams that Eastern beat out to go to the MAC tournament, also one and one. So we know the mindset. What is the plan going into this weekend? Yeah, we got to get back in the gym today and we got to start working hard. You know, I just finished watching some film over the weekend and we had a, a lot of really good things, but I think we've got to stay with our game plan, stay with our spread uh, and our and our defense to beat a team like Ball State. You know, they won the MAC West last year. They've had a good preseason. Uh, we absolutely respect them and what they're doing in their gym, and we're hoping to go on the road and get another win. Awesome. Thanks so much, Coach, and have a good week. Thank you. An 11-year veteran of the National Football League and the highest ever draft pick in Eastern Michigan's football team's history, our Chad Bush caught up with LJ Shelton to hear what the big fella's up to now 
as he sat down with him during our broadcast on Saturday night out in San Diego. We have a very special guest now is L.J. Shelton, an Eastern Michigan Hall of Famer inducted back in 2015 and the highest drafted Eastern Michigan football player who was taken in the 1999 draft with the 21st overall pick by the Arizona Cardinals and the state of Michigan's own L.J. Shelton joins us. You got a George Gervin throwback on. That is sick. Yeah, I've been waiting a long time to wear it. I picked it up in Philly, and uh, I saw there'll be a time I get to wear it a little bit, and I've been waiting. And this is the time. It's going to be my lucky shirt. Well, it looks good on you. It looks like you could still get out there and play. I can give him one play. <laughs> Not third down, maybe first or second down. Well, we're glad to have you, and uh, this has turned into your hometown, San Diego, and, and this is a place you now call home. You played two years with the Chargers in your 11 your career uh talk about this opportunity to come out west and, and see your eagles excited about it man we all are we were just, i was talking to a lot of my former teammates a lot of guys are here made the trip some of them live not too far from here within a five six hour drive these kids out here are, are realizing that this is the reason all of us went to eastern from since the california bowl on everybody wanted to come here and be part of what turn this school around, turn this program around. These kids are living it. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for them. I'm really proud of them. Yeah, no doubt. They, they fought in, in a game at which uh, they're playing against an opponent that knocked off a top 25 team last week. You're out here. You hear a lot about the Aztecs and, of course, Eastern Michigan back home. I'm sure you keep, keep close tabs on what Chris Creighton has done with this program. For sure. You must be quite proud in, in what Chris Creighton's done and, and Scott Weatherby, the athletic director who you're spending time with right, today. Right. Your thoughts on the program and, and where it's at? Loving seeing where the program is going. Just got to spend some time with Coach uh, back in 2015 when I was inducted in the Hall of Fame and just got to get a feel for what kind of person he is, what kind of coach is leading these young men out here. This is this is what the program has been waiting for, yeah. really, and in a lot of ways. And now we got to be hopeful that we can hold on to him. You know how that goes. It's, he's going to be in demand. He's a talented coach, and he does a great job. You went to Eastern Michigan. You had some places to go, and, and you were recruited quite heavily out of uh, Southfield. Talk about Eastern Michigan, how good of an opportunity it was for you and what you saw and how great of an experience it was wearing the green and white. I loved my time there. And like I said, we were going through a lot of what these guys were doing every year. This is our chance. We were working hard to, to lay the foundation to come out here and do things like this. It didn't always work out that way, but I had a I had a great career there, and I played with some great teammates, and uh, I wouldn't trade in for anything in the world. 11 years in the NFL, that's tough to do. Uh, yes. The average is about, what, three and a half years, and, and you made it 11 years as a tackle. Talk about your time with the Cardinals, the Browns, the Dolphins, the Chargers. What was it with your experience at Eastern Michigan that got you ready to play in the NFL and handle life on life's terms? I'll tell you what, the, 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 honestly, in, in a weird way, being used to or being in the situation, having to play from behind so much at my position, just knowing that I have to focus on my technique and every play one at a time. And at the end of the day, the grade will speak for itself. I learned to take pride in my performance. A lot of times the things might have been going crazy around me, situations I didn't have total control over, couldn't, didn't feel like I could influence, but it allowed me to hone in and, and focus on myself and my techniques and, and my teammates directly, you know, the online room, learning how to be a leader in that room. And, and helping other guys overcome some of the hardships and just plugging away and, and, and getting the results. Yeah, that's a leadership role. Being at the high level you played at and being a leader, not always as easy as it sounds. Get us caught up on what you're doing now, and, and, and I'm assuming you're, you're involved and 
in some business or some opportunities. You're, you're not sitting there twiddling your thumbs. You're, you're a hardworking guy. Get us caught up on what you're up I, to. I twiddle the thumbs every once in a while. Well, you deserve to. <laughs> you played 11 years in the league. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, where do I start? Uh, my real, I have a real estate company. Uh, we manage three different, two different single, single home family pro- properties in one apartment complex, and that is – I'm still learning that business. Been doing about four years now, but uh, it's been rewarding. And then I uh, had a podcast for a while. Still looking kind of to get in a situation. I was a radio and TV broadcasting major at Eastern. Is so, that right? Yeah. So hoping to, to try to use that a little bit. But right now, my oldest son's 16. He's a junior. I'm in. I'm enjoying being present and being part of his, his football journey. And he's playing basketball too. So it's it's been fun to get caught up in that regard too. You talked about basketball. You played basketball yourself. Yes. Uh, in high school and. At your size, 6'6"? Six, 6'6". Six? Six, six. Six, six. I mean, that, that's an opportunity to play a couple sports. Your thoughts on playing multiple sports and, and getting, like, your son active in more than just football and developing the skill set? Right. It's different now because yeah. there's, there's a lot of coaches. That sometimes you have to make a decision by your junior or sophomore to junior year if you're going to be serious about one or the other. If you're not one of those kids that's four stars in both sports, you, there's a lot of times you're forced to make a decision, which is unfortunate because I was always raised to believe the more you can do, the more that you're involved in, the better your opportunities are going to be. Thanks so much for catching up, LJ. We really appreciate it. Don't Thank be a stranger. You. Please come back. Stay appreciate involved. It. We love you coming and supporting the green and white, wearing that Gervin jersey with pride. And uh, <laughs> keep enjoying yourself, and, and we'll talk to you soon enough. Thanks Thank for, you. Thanks appreciate for spending it. some time. Glad to be here, man. And there you have it, another week of the Eastern Insider Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to rate us on iTunes. You can also catch us on Google Play, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Until next week, go Eagles.